Hi, good folks. This is John Deloney, Ramsey Personality. Let me share with you a message of hope. I consider myself a strong, like, tough guy. I mean, if I'm being honest, you could probably beat me up in a fight, but I still lift weights regularly, and I got a couple of PhDs. I've been married for almost 20 years. That makes me tough, right? I spent time with a professional MMA gym back in my late 20s, and I participated in multiple SWAT team training exercises, and I've spent the better part of two decades doing crisis work. And this work includes like responding to suicides and car wrecks and tragic moments and seeing some of the most insane things a person could ever lay their eyes on. My dad was a homicide detective while I was growing up, and I loved to head to the woods to hunt when possible. And I mean, come on, man. I played high school football. How tough is that? And I like to build things with my hands, and I'm, I watch UFC and... But in short, like, I'm a caricature. I'm a cliche. I'm an aging loudmouth of an old poser. I still feel formidable sometimes in that I'm in this tiny sliver of time when I'm still in shape and I can still get done what needs to be done and I still like my old heavy metal bands, but I'm smart enough to know when to run away. But the other day I was doing a writing assignment for Dave Ramsey and just working on my laptop, type, type, typing away, sitting on the couch, and I started writing about my kids and fear and COVID-19, and the economy, and pain, and dude, I broke. I wept hard from way inside. Like Heavy crying that dudes who lift weights and listen to old punk bands aren't supposed to cry like this. But I've worked in mental health support for long enough to know how to quote-unquote feel my feelings and how to make peace with intrusive thoughts and all that counselor mumbo-jumbo. But these tears came from way inside deep inside. And once I got going, it felt like I would never be able to stop crying. And when I was finished crying, and as I continued to write and finish my work assignment, I felt resolved and clear and stronger than I have in years. Over the past week, I've reflected on what happened there. Was was I just scared or did I have a crack in my tough guy facade? Am I getting soft in my old age? I'm ashamed to admit it, the last few weeks I've hugged my kids and bent down and looked them in their soft, wonder-filled eyes more than I have in the past year, right? Has a few weeks of closeness taken my edge off? I've been more proud of and in love with my wife as she has taken the reins of so many responsibilities all at once. Is is that why I'm crying? Or has the somewhat startling revelation that the world's greatest thinkers, economists, and medical professionals can't stop the spread of an insidious, unseen, microscopic enemy? My intellectual capacity has just run out. I can't figure it out. What is it with all these feelings? It's funny, I've been thinking about this for several years, but I had not really felt it until last week. As a culture, we've spent the last two decades feverishly trying to end the inconvenience of discomfort. We have exponentially increased distraction. Every show and every computer game ever made on a miniature TV computer in my pocket. It's too much effort to reach for a pen and paper anymore. We just ask the talking computer in the living room to solve our math problems, and and we're increasingly looking for pharmaceutical and physical solutions to dealing with discomfort. Special pillows, back massagers, electronics, nootropics, supplements, gadgets, different shoes, all different kinds of mental health providers and workout programs and medical specialties, endless supplies of solutions looking for problems. We've made feelings the enemy and tried to get rid of any sort of emotion that doesn't make us feel happy. And we've tried to get rid of anything that makes us feel uncomfortable, right? Fear is for cowards and weak people. We say feeling shame is for the unevolved or uninformed, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. And in this mad dash to do away with any sort of discomfort, we've gone to war against our emotions. And sadly, we've lost any sort of vocabulary beyond labeling everything as a disease, usually anxiety or depression. As though by turning our feelings into medical problems, we could solve and abolish them. 
I can't tell you how many times I've told people over the past few years, dude, your parents just got divorced or your mom just died. You don't have depression. You're sad and you're supposed to be sad. Or when the world leaders announced that an unseen virus has the ability to kill a lot of people and that the best solution that we have is for everyone to disconnect, stay at home and grind the world down to a sudden and traumatic halt. That's not anxiety. That's fear. And many of us have been so busy running and hiding from our inner selves, just go, 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 go for the past few years that we honestly haven't felt true emotions in a long time. We run from the gym to breakfast to work to children's activities to church to television to bed and repeat. And some of us are just exhausted and spun out and disconnected. When facing a problem we can't solve or when we find ourselves in unprecedented confinement and isolation, if we are surrounded by children and a spouse yet feeling alone in a crowded room, or if we were one of the millions who've lost their job overnight, or one of the many suddenly faced with stillness and solitude and resurfacing traumas and fears or insecurities, we're going to have to submit to one of our most innate and life-giving signaling systems. We're going to have to feel. Researchers suggest that there may be more than 27 core emotions, and philosophers and theologians and scientists like Nietzsche and Kierkegaard and C.S. Lewis and Marcus Aurelius and countless others have been considering emotions and feelings for thousands of years. We're going to have to acknowledge our emotions and our feelings. We're going to have to give space for our hearts and heads to make sense of what's going on. And by the way, feelings are just physical expressions of emotions. Like I experience fear and I feel scared or I experience disgust and I feel sick. And in most cases, there's nothing medically wrong with you. If you're like me, you've performed and run and accomplished and deflected for so long and now life is on pause. And in these moments of solitude, we need more words than just anxiety and depression or fear. Yesterday on the radio, I spoke to a 20-year-old single mom, pregnant with her second kid, living in a new town with no support other than a drug-addicted family member. (laughs) That's not anxiety. That is terrifying fear. So what do we do about it? Here are a few ideas for walking alongside your emotions and your feelings that are going to show up over the next few weeks, months, and maybe even years. Number one, you must write down your thoughts or feelings every day. This is not optional. Our thoughts and feelings are coming at us 100 miles an hour, often in a jumbled mess, and it's hard to separate. Whether you write in verse, bullet points, or haiku, or a narrative form, you must write your thoughts down. Today in my journal... I wrote the words, I started with the words, I am scared, and I am not in control of people's health, what the politicians are doing, and I realized that my sphere of control is so, so small. And by writing these emotions and feelings down, we take away their power. They stop being ghosts in our minds, and they become tangible. We transition from our limbic system to our frontal lobe. We're able to begin working towards solutions in our limited sphere of control. Number two, control the controllables and feel your feelings. You cannot control whether you just got laid off, but you can control your social media time. You cannot control the spread of this virus on the other side of the world, but you can control whether you go for a walk outside in the sunshine, whether you hug your kids or your dog, and whether you put in a hard day of work from your suddenly remote job. You can't control whether you are stuck with guilt or sadness, fear or shame, but you can write down your feelings, experience them, be grateful for them, and then make the next right decision. There's a difference between feeling afraid and swimming in fear. There's a difference between being heartbroken at the state of the world and choosing not to get out of bed or to brush your teeth or to call your mother. Number three, be kind, vulnerable, and graceful. 
When we get emotional, we lash out. Expect others to lash out at you as well. Part of feeling emotions is becoming graceful with yourself and with others. You cannot control how others will respond to you, but you are in charge of how you will forgive others, talk kindly to others, give where you can, and how you will be open and share your feelings with others. Tough guys, I'm talking to you. Hardcore businesswomen who've been swimming upstream in an unfair system for years, I'm talking to you. Married people whose relationships were on the rocks long before COVID-19 showed up, I'm talking to you. Take a moment every day to feel your feelings and write them down. Sit with them however uncomfortable. Focus on the things that you can control and let the other things go. And make a determined resolution to be a person of character, kindness, and grace, no matter where the next few weeks and months take us. This is Dr. John Deloney with the Ramsey Network. May you be kind, laugh often, and be of much joy.